Hey podcast, um, it's me again, we're back, day two in a row, <laughs> we are treating you in this lockdown, um, yeah me and Harry having another conversation and we're talking about why we are a two-piece band, what makes two-piece bands great, um, a little bit of history of how we got to this point, um, a bit about jamming, a bit about uh, creating in the studios, two people, um, wide range of topics as usual, bit of influences and inspiration, Anyway, um, a nice kind of juicy conversation for you to get into today. Um, thanks for listening, guys. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Tick and Echo podcast. Um, I am James and with me is Harry. Hey. Hey. Um, so today, um, for context, we're recording this in March 2020, not 2019, like we said on the last podcast. Um, that was crazy. Um, <laughs> I, I listened to it back today and we're like we're recording this in March 2019 with like so much confidence and assurance and I was like for god's sake it was our first one point where the date is important <laughs> <laughs> the historians will look back and go coronavirus outbreak was 2019 according to the Tukin Echo podcast we must have been nervous um, <laughs> yeah. it's fine <laughs> how, how are you today on day two of lockdown Oh, I'm I'm okay. It's um, we've there's there's currently rumours circulating around on the on the internet that London's going to go into lockdown. So um, I think I think we've all been plotting our escape to get out before it goes under. So, um, <laughs> yeah, which is probably not what the measure's trying to achieve. Yeah, but... yeah. Um, but that's it. It's just more more weird things to add to the kind of weird atmosphere that's sort of hanging over London and the UK and actually the whole of Europe, to be honest. And and, and America, the whole world. It's got this strange mm. atmosphere. How are you mm. doing, James? What's, what's I'm okay, thank you. I'm okay. Mm. Um, we can't stay on coronavirus too long because there's not too much of an update. No. Very similar to yesterday. Mm. Worked at home. I went on a walk for a bit. That was quite nice. Oh. Um, with, yeah, that was pretty much... No, there's no other news apart from that. I was just like, got up, stayed uh, indoors working, went for a walk, and here we are. Yeah. So that's not much of an update, but yeah, also <laughs> seeing what uh, might do in a state of lockdown. Mm. Um, God, we're going to make some great music. We're locked down. So good. It's going to be so um, good. Just watch out for the uh, ambient album. Oh, it's going to be glorious. <laughs> the ambient lockdown album. Yeah. Um, cool. Um, so today, um, we're kind of gonna, I think, do a couple of episodes. I don't know if they'll be back to back or they'll be spread throughout the uh, podcast library. But um, I think we're gonna do some that kind of introduce ourselves a little bit. Um, because we've been going as a band for like a year or two, mm. but I think um, is is kind of evolved a bit in that time. And you know, we've been playing music for way longer. Um. And so I think it's worth explaining how we got to to Kaneko and what it means, what the, its constituent parts, and obviously that'll take multiple episodes. And today we're going to talk about being a two-piece. Yes. So any thoughts? <laughs> any thoughts? I mean, it's not it's not hard to miss that there's only, there's only ever two of us in our jams, and mm. we're I mean, we are kind of aware that that's, that's not the usual for like a sort of um, guitar, drums band, but I think that's kind of what we're going for. I mean, mm. 
Um, Should we start with where it sort of originates and why we ended up with a two-piece, I guess? Um, yeah, I suppose we'll have to track back. We, we've kind of been on a uh, downsizing journey, I suppose, in <laughs> kind of numbers of members. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, me and Harry, I think I actually mentioned this on episode one, but um, really? me and Harry have known each other since primary school and we're now, well, I'm almost 25. Um, so we've been... Playing, like we've known years. each other for ages. That's like twenty years. Yeah, like twenty years. Oh my god! <laughs> Might be our twentieth year anniversary. Oh, that is crazy, isn't it? That is crazy. <laughs> oh my god! Thanks for listening to the Two Connecto podcast. <laughs> Time passes is the title. Um, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, we've known each other for ages, and we started playing music as a lot of sort of <clears throat> musical people do around age kind of twelve, mm. maybe a slightly earlier. Um, yeah, 11, and, 12, wasn't it? And quite soon after that, I mean, I can still remember being like, oh, when did I play guitar? I think I started when I was like 10. Um, and I remember starting to try and form bands in my head not that soon after I'd learnt like two chords. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I always I always knew that you were um, kind of, you did drums. Um, I mean, our class size wasn't that big, so it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> there weren't that many. Yeah, <laughs> you're probably you're probably one of two, maybe in our year that played drums. Mm. Um, so um, I remember thinking about it even when I was like super young, and then a few years later, um, us and our friend Ed um, formed a band called Hedge. <laughs> band is a sort of a strong word, but it was like we did our first kind of drums, singing, guitar practices, and Hedge. wrote some songs. And and, um, and and for those who are wondering, Hedge was spelled H E J for the first letters of our name. Can you see where we got that from? <laughs> Post it in <laughs> DM us with where you think we got the name Hedge from. Um, it's pretty imaginative stuff. Mm. Um, oh, you know, not the worst band name out there, though. It's, it's coherent. Yes, six things um, to the point, three letters. Pro- probably look quite good. Big on an album cover. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh, I'm gonna we're gonna go really slowly through the history here, but hey, it's our podcast. We can if we want. Um, so then, there's a little bit of a break for a while, and then we kind of reformed, decided to kind of get back into it a few years later, at like age 13, 14, I think. Mm. Um, at which point, um, we formed kind of a proper band. So, um, Ed heard a friend called Alex, um, and I suppose you knew him as well. But he was quite good friends with Ed. Yeah. Um, and uh we he he'd done he was a bit more advanced than us like he'd done a bit of gigging and songwriting and stuff on his own so he was a singer and a guitar player and i was just a guitar player at that point mm-hmm. um were drums and i think ed had started playing bass at that point do you think um, he had yeah because we did some songs mm-hmm. before i don't know how we convinced him to like buy a bass guitar <laughs> when we have a singer or a band, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happened. I, I feel like that's how a lot of bassists start playing bass. They've got a couple of friends who play like drums and guitar and sing, and then they're like, "Oh, we need a bassist. Do you want to, do you want to play the bass?" And it's just like in the group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Ed, for the bass, actually, it did suit him. He has the personality, mm. the stature. Um, you know, he's he's built to be a bass player. Yeah. Um, very calming calming influence, I think. Yeah. Um but um 
Yeah, so he'd got a base. So basically, we had all the kind of components there, and we formed a band called 531 that then lasted about five years. So all through our kind of like secondary school years. Yeah. Um, we made a couple of EPs, and uh, we recorded an album at home. Um, we did all sorts of gigs in all sorts of funny places. 531 is definitely its own podcast. Oh, let's reunite everyone on the Ticket Echo podcast. Oh, that'd be so good. Oh. Yeah, everyone else. Yeah. Next time you see Alex. Yeah. Amazing. You saw it here first. And so, yes, essentially, the the summary is that we've been doing bands for a long time because there was then the counterpart. We did bands in uni. We were both in another band called the Elson Guns. So, kind of like four piece Mm. and three piece rock bands um, all the way through. So, how did we end up? as a two-piece i suppose we first we spent a couple of years at uni in the three-piece and a counterpart because i got really into the police yeah um <laughs> which uh, like i mean if historians write anything about my life which they won't when i write my own history of my life <laughs> this will be a significant part of it <laughs> um, it was a full-blown session with the police mm. um i was absolutely blown away by like um, I suppose for the first time, like clarity in music, um, kind of space being a real like asset rather than like uh, trying to, I don't know, trying to exaggerate. In it. I think when you're like a teenager, in general, you're almost trying to amplify yourself. It's just like more is better, louder is better. Let's let's try and feel the yeah. sound. Maybe there's some like really elaborate metaphor about like growing and whatever, but. Yeah. Um, I then just just musically haven't been into loads of like loud stuff and we talked about you're into metal and stuff last time. Yeah. Um I then kind of literally like a switch flipped and I got into clean guitars and sparseness. Like, oh I love the idea that a chorus can sound huge, but there's hardly any you can hear all the everything. There isn't very much. Mm. Um it's the first, the it's the first um dip into minimalism of the concept, isn't it? And yeah. um We'll do a whole, we'll do a whole oh, yeah. on minimum. Yeah, and it's um, I mean, it, it it's all about appreciating what is played as opposed to um, kind of through, through, through not having that much, you take notice to what's being played, and mm. I I feel like you can get a lot more, I I guess sort of expression and um, certainly more interesting playing when there's less stuff um, and please particularly, I mean, with um, Stuart Copeland as a drummer, he's incredibly intricate in the way he plays. Um, and he can be intricate because there's so much space for him to be intricate in. So you can actually hear everything that mm. he does. Mm. Like it lets you play in a more nuanced way. Not yeah. It's, yeah. it's not just the lack of stuff, but the lack of other instruments also like, Gives you permission to put more details in and them actually be heard, mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's for at least for me. Um, we'll kind of get to what you think about it. Um, if it's if it's any different. Um, it was a big thing of um, where like I started to go towards um, was oh like less people, more space. I I prefer that kind of music. Um, uh, I like the opportunity to to make sort of that kind of music mm. um 
we did we you know we also did the Elston Guns around that time, which um, was a bit more of a conventional rock band of like four four piece. Um, yeah, but, but I don't know how much we carried into that or not, it's worth a debate. Yeah, I mean, they, they, it was like a sort of great great rock band image, um, sort of poppy rock songs. Um, I, th- I think it was very much a certain certain thing that I, I, I guess um, both both James and I might have been a bit bored of that sort of rock band image, having been in rock bands for the 12 years beforehand. Um, mm. I think, yeah. Um, but I, th- I think, yeah, that band gave us all sorts of opportunities to um, do a bit more gigging than we'd ever done before, mm. like do more harmonies than we'd ever done before. So I think it, 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 it wasn't, you know, over the top maximal, Thing, but I suppose it was like a slightly counter to the trend mm. of us shrinking yeah. down. It's it my great narrative of four down to three down yeah. to two. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, we did that for a few years, and then um, like after uni, that we we kind of moved slightly away from it. And you and me just did an EP, mm. and I think that was the first time, even though we'd done some stuff at school where we'd done demos and stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of like a history of us drumming together as yeah. a two. Um, actually, no. You, you didn't. You know what? I um. I remember when we were jamming a song for one of our five thirty one um, albums, so like in secondary yeah. school. And I remember one of the music teachers used to come in and listen. Really? Um. Yeah. And I, I remember she said, "Oh, like you sound um like quite a lot for just two of you." Holy um, shit! That's it. That's um. That that was the beginning. Yeah, I do remember that. Um, I don't think it like meant that it was destined to just become a two-piece but i do remember going hmm, i didn't you know it maybe it opens the door slightly to going oh this isn't like a incomplete sound maybe that like, maybe that was the moment in that um, it was incepted into your mind two-piece. maybe maybe that laid the foundation for years yeah. later, the foundation of belief <laughs> um so yeah um that's a very probably very confusing history but we you know we worked our way through we get to like after uni um and then um without sort of going into all the different configurations you, we eventually decide to make an ep as um just us mm-hmm. two so it's just started out as a studio project um i had the name to Kaneko from um a holiday i was on i actually that was the holiday i met you at the end yeah. of Bali. um but uh, I'd come up with the name extremely randomly because um, I was walking through a rainforest, um, <laughs> like an actual, an actual real jungle, <laughs> um, with my friend David and some weird-looking bird. It wasn't even a, <laughs> a random-looking bird that looked just like really scruffy, um, kind of black and white feather, like <laughs> it all been like rubbed, like sort of ruffled up. It's very strange, but it just landed. And I was like, what is that? Um, and then my friend David said, oh, it looks like a dirty toucan. <laughs> I was like, I quite like dirty toucan. I don't think that would be the name for my kind of minimalist police-like music. But um, it kind of started toucan. I played around with toucan and different words and eventually got to toucan echo. So we had that name kind of flown about and we decided to make um, music for the first time as two people as a studio configuration. Yeah. Um, I'm aware I've talked all the way through that. Um, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add on, that, on the journey up until that point. No, I mean, I think you smashed it there, James. Um, it was the, 
summer 2018 when we first did those songs wasn't it the um that first ep trace the halo and um yeah i i think it was that it was, it was like the summer after we was it the summer after we graduated from uni or was it must have been toward um, the end we did it must have been like september or we something did, um, we did one that wasn't under tukin echo at the end yeah. of uni um it's never been properly released actually but mm-hmm. we did some kind of uh, although we did do a song helena which moved mm-hmm. on to the tukin echo one we actually released the um the first tukin echo we trace the halo in february was it february wow. of 2018 no well, it must have been the i think so i remember it must have been like autumn 2017 then that we started recording those songs yeah wow I think it was kind of wintry. We can we can probably work mm. this out. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was after we graduated within the kind of like a, within the first year or so when we both um, or I'd moved to London. I think oh, I was on my way. About yeah. To. Yeah. Um, so we decided to make it as a studio project to kind of, um, you know, I think things have been um, a bit up and down with. Uh, with, with like bands mm. at that point just uh, partly because of like just all these life circumstances changing like moving from uni and all of that um but also kind of i think we were looking for um to use the studio format where you can just overdub things so you don't have to play it live like use that for a bit more yeah. freedom um and explore like more sounds um because we sort of started that at the end of uni um and sort of thought, oh, if we just ignore, we're in, there's only two of us. If we just ignore the playing line yeah. right now, um, it was it was almost like there's um, we, our, our our position at the time was there's no way we can play live as, as a two piece anyway. So we might as well just go completely over the top on the record and slap whatever we feel like mm. on it. <laughs> mm. Um. So we made you know we kind of dug up some old songs, made some new ones yeah. up on the spot, which is so yeah. funny considering like oh we need another song to fill it. To fill this here, yeah. Let's make let's make it, it, it was now. Like, I think the the, the um, one of that EP was Weightless, um, and then Blindfolded mm-hmm. Hope, but um, Weightless in particular. I was like, we need we need another normal sounding song on this uh, EP. So I think things like James, have you got anything knocking about, like any riffs or anything? You just pu- pulled out um, Weightless. I put the drums down, and that's that. That was pretty much the song. It's incredibly simple. Mm. And it's one of my faves off that EP, and it's it's one that we probably play the most. So in our um, yeah. yeah, and we still play it now, and it had the yeah. least um kind of effort and input, you know, into it. But maybe we'll cover that again in minimalism because I definitely oh, yeah. think there's something there with that of it's it's staying power yet with like so few. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we made that EP, and then suddenly I think this thing that we just did was like oh let's let's just make some music like um forget forget kind of you know trying to make it work in a band context or whatever like how about we just make some songs and release them and if no one listens to them like who cares like it's the process of doing it is Mm. fulfilling um so we kind of got to that point and then actually actually decided you know um this is something like oh really enjoyed making it really enjoyed those songs feel like we actually made some strides in the kind of production and the sounds and stuff um that we haven't mm-hmm. before um so then kind of gradually very gradually from there on out 
um, we started like doing more live practicing. So we went to a practice room for yeah. the first time for a few months after. Few months after, yeah. I think. Um, and it's um, I think um, as as as, as James you said, we we played as two people in a practice room, like on and off, like whether it's um back in back in secondary school, it's in in, in one of the music rooms or like um in our uni houses just um with my electric drum kit and young guitar um and i guess we've all, we've always enjoyed it but i think we've always kind of thought of it as something like i, I guess it was a bit maybe self-indulgent is what we thought of it because it was like jamming and just playing what we wanted to regardless of how it sounded but um i i, mm. I think long extended yeah. jams yeah they were always there well, not always there but, i mean yeah um there yeah. quite early yeah so we, we we went to a practice room and we kind of just did did our old thing of just playing these quite long jams and play, i mean playing playing the odd song in, in, in the normal format but then quite long jams and I, I i don't know when we actually decided to sort of make jams the thing but sort of eventually molded and we kept just playing for fun I guess and it got to a point where we think the jams are actually sounding pretty good and we pr- could probably like present these to the world because we, we were like listening back to them mm. and, like actually quite quite proud of what we were making um yeah. so I think the, the the kind of jam piece just morphed after we went to a practice room for the first time <laughs> it was a very gradual process but mm. Yeah, it wasn't sort of intentional mm. to to work out that way, but it was quite yeah. For, I suppose in the way we've been playing to that point where we've done a lot of stuff. When when it, I suppose it's like whenever we play together, we'd either be like mm. writing songs, or we'd be working them out, or we'd be doing it for like pure fun and play completely off the top of your head, not mm. not even a song. Um, so I think like it's just natural, and then you know, that would be treated quite differently to a full band context where people got to learn their stuff. You've got to rehearse, like, as a group, as a kind of set rehearsal yeah. parts. Much more difficult to jam mm. in that format. Um, I mean, you know, people do, but you will, you know, it's, it's a different sort of machine. Um, but so I, I think that's why, like, when we, we come to, like, take these songs that we've recorded on the Trace the Halo EP, um, never performed live before, um, I think that's why that like, we naturally start improvising around them, um, because whenever we have played together in that form before, it's not really been a serious like learn your yeah. part and we'll play it as as written. Yeah, um, it's just been figured out. I think that segues. I think it segues quite nicely to being mm. a two piece. Um, so we sort of started like you know we've got this general trend of shrinking down to us like we've always played together as two people and now we're actually ended up in a band and and you know why didn't we go out and recruit more people um have you got any <laughs> any well, input on that i I, I, I think do you, do you think we should get a bass well, player <laughs> i i think there's kind of um a, a, a couple of parts of this first of all um it's very difficult um when you move out of uni and you're just kind of living living in london um, it's very difficult to find kind of like-minded musicians. It's very difficult to find a bassist who'll be the right fit for um, a band, especially like in the case of James and I, who've been playing together for such a long time. Um, 
I, I think it's difficult to find, find I mean, just, just find a bassist or even where, any kind of musician or any additional band members um, when, when you want to be. You know. Yeah, I mean, there's of them. It's just they're, they're, an effort <laughs> when you're going from one where you know each other really I mean, well. I, I, I mean, there might be that. There's definitely loads of them, but um, yeah, maybe. maybe um, Maybe we're too fussy, James. Or maybe I'm too fussy. Um... <laughs> I think I think we came from a we've come from bands where like we've known it's come from mm-hmm. friendships. We've yeah. known the people. So I suppose like it's not it would be just a bit weird for us to it would be just different, I I think. And I suppose we haven't needed to. Like we'd try and do it in the way we have done with like solid kind of friendship groups rather than going out on the musician then hopefully become friends yeah. after kind of way um that's just i don't know one of my yeah. suspicions so with with that sort of perceived difficulty of finding a bassist we were almost left with no option to be a two-piece but we continued anyway and um i think we've almost crafted this this thing this almost um band based on the fact that we're a two-piece um so, in answer to your question, James, I don't want to. Cre- I don't want to recruit a bassist right now. <laughs> um, Good stuff. Good for, answer. I mean, Good answer. for me, from a completely um, almost selfish drumming perspective, um, it, it goes back to what I mentioned about Stuart Copeland. He he had all the space to be more intricate in his drumming. As 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 a two piece, I find that I can do more ridiculous and wacky drum stuff and it kind of be okay because i'm not i'm not stepping on too many toes <laughs> um so it did mm. <laughs> no, no, no yeah. egos in the way <laughs> you're in the yeah. way of my bass lines <laughs> i love you getting rid of the bass player <laughs> i need more space <laughs> for my drums <laughs> yeah get out i mean you could use the same for guitar, I, I guess um... <laughs> drum that you I mean, there's always that thing that you have to have the uh, the the kick drum um, linked up with the bass. It's it's. I mean, not really, but it's mm. just another thing to think about. You know, I th- I think you benefit more from not having a bass mm. a bass player though, because you have complete melodic freedom. <laughs> mm. I mean, that makes it sound more fancy than it probably is, but um, yes. Yeah, I suppose that's what it's a, the two piece and the jam mm. thing are like really linked for us and the way we do it. Um, because it means that, um, you know, Harry doesn't have to coordinate with a bass player and I don't have to coordinate with another mm. guitarist or keyboardist or bass player. Um, it gets rid of the whole mm. thing of let's sit down and learn this song, um, <laughs> which sounds really bad. It sounds really like lazy. Um, but it, it just means that if I want to throw a cover in the middle of the song, me and Harry have played together so long that we can do that, um, but you potentially couldn't do it um, with a bigger band or it would just be more effort. Um, it means that I can kind of flex solos and keys and mash different songs together, which we often do. So even two Kaneko songs will just jump from one to the other. And I think that can be quite confusing for new members of the <laughs> audience. But, you know, we're playing the long game here. I think when <laughs> when people get used to um, kind of get more into our music and get to know it a bit better, um, I think the 
way we can kind of blend songs together, which is like not premeditated at all. Usually, um, is Quite kind exciting. of an, a cool aspect of life. I definitely find it exciting. Um, for me, um, mm. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting to play as well. Like that's a big part of being a two piece. Not that it is not exciting to play in a band, but I think kind of linking back to what we said about changing lineups and always looking to like change the sound a bit or find something new like maybe we've done lots of rock bands and we're kind of not as excited by that prospect after a while um which is not you know it's nothing against rock bands mm. but it's kind of like we're kind of like, whoa what else is out there um i think playing in a kind of two-piece in a jam band format where we're going to play our songs but we're not going to play them the same way we played them last time even or even on the same you know practice yeah. we play them twice like we wouldn't play them the same um I think for us as musicians, that just, it's interesting. Um, you know, it's, we, we rehearse a lot because we're, we're playing together a lot and we're trying to get tighter and more in tune and more precise and whatever mm-hmm. in our playing, but not rehearsing to the point of, I'm going to play exactly the same part, exactly the same way as the record every single time. Yeah. And I'm going to, every time an audience comes and sees me, I'm going to nail that exact thing that they could have just listened to on Spotify and I think you know for us it means that our musicianship is more has to be on the ball like we have to be as alert as anyone in that venue for play it's not like we've sunk into an old kind of pattern of repeating a song that we did 20 times yesterday in the practice room yeah yeah it's it's, Um, it's about rehearsing our improv skills as opposed to our ability to play the um same choruses and same verses in the same order every time. Mm. So the two-piece thing just links in a lot because we it gives us the freedom to do that. It gives us freedom to change keys, to change songs, to play songs in completely different ways and not have to coordinate that between more people. It's like very on the fly, very like... Um, mm. What's the what's the phrase? Off the cuff. Like seat of the... Seat by the, by the seat of our pants is, is that what it is but on, 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 on the edge so, of our seat doesn't it doesn't sound right, right does it we're, we're on the edge of our seat when, when we when we perform we're alert <laughs> we have to we have to be like super super yeah. engaged and so I think that's just better for the audience because if they're coming out to watch something they're watching something that we are creating in front of them we don't know what's going to happen we've obviously practiced but we don't like we don't play at the same any you know any point yeah, um, yeah. So the two-piece thing, like, just enables that massively. Um, there's other things. So, I mean, it's a slight tangent, but the kind of the bands that clearly, like, inspired me that this is possible. There are various two-piece bands out there, um, but the bands who really inspired me to, to be possible were the White Stripes and then followed up by, like, the Black Keys, who I kind of got into a bit more after the White Stripes. Um any other like really famous two piece bands that inspired no you? No famous ones. Said, yeah, but I mean, the, 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 there's definitely a smaller band that inspired me. So um, back in back in our days of five thirty one, um, we we used to um sort of be be quite active in the Reading gigging scene, and, and we used to tour with a band called or not tour. We 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 played a, a couple of shows with a band called Fabuda, um, um, and we kind of. They, they 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 were a two piece band who who were always actually in fact they were a three piece back when we were playing with them in Reading. Mm. Anyway, um, we kind of 
they've since become yeah so, so we kind of um we, we, we all went to uni we went to bath and then um after i moved to london i saw that Fabida were playing a show in london so i was like oh, okay see, see what these guys have been up to um went to see their show and um they transformed into a two-piece and they've been playing in a band solidly for six years now um since i last saw them and i was just absolutely blown away by their ability to um sort of create an atmosphere because it's, it's, it's almost what they do they, they, they created a really interesting atmosphere in the venue um with just two people using all sorts of loops and delays and um some uh i think when i saw them again they they had a um a few brass instruments that play cornet um mm. also with some really heavy and interesting grooves sort of tied all together another two piece mm. and it was one of the most engaging shows that i've seen so i think they're they're the main inspiration for me in terms of being a two-piece band um and yeah i mean Mm. No, that's a good. That's a good one, especially as it's one you've played with before. So it makes it more mm-hmm. like this. Really, is possible because these are yeah. these are sort of you know, yeah. guys a bit like me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the White Stripes inspired me to be able to do a two piece. I think they actually kind of came a bit after. Um, I mean, obviously they didn't actually come after because they were like <laughs> ten years before. But um, in terms of like me kind of getting into them, because I'd I'd heard them and seen them, and you know they're quite like a wacky look and stage presence and everything so you kind of you obviously encounter it and go like, oh what's this um but i really got into it recently and um like yeah i find just jack white as a musician and artist and a person like super interesting and inspiring um which harry knows because i talk about jack white all the time it's just because um, he uses tape but... <laughs> no no it's not just that i mean that that feeds into like his um he's just got kind of quite like solid views and like a perspective on stuff and the two piece kind of comes out of it he makes his music from like a place of limitation um so all of the things around his music particularly in the white striped era so like only a two-piece band and like recording to old using old equipment and like the you know not really expanding their like instrumentation and um using a guitar that was like 50 years old and like a beginner's guitar in the 50s that's almost impossible mm. to play um having like the piano like a little bit too far to reach <laughs> so he has to kind of lurch over to it like it's all like he creates this world of like limitations and kind of like struggle because uh, that's where he wants to like create his music from um so i f- yeah i find like <laughs> almost everything to do with jack white is absolutely fascinating and i love their music um after sort of a bit of a acclimatization period um the kind of audacity of it being in some way sloppy but <laughs> after you get over the kind of initial shock of it not being perfectly to a click track and perfectly instrumented out with full basses and everything um suddenly it's intriguing like watching some of their live shows i mean only online i didn't actually get to see them live obviously because they 10 years before I <laughs> discovered them which it's not the first and not the last example of the way I discover bands um, but their live show was just the most engaging I was absolutely like captivated watching some of their like festival performances and stuff the intensity with which they played um, and the kind of it was just so different um, he was 
the both of them are just like throwing themselves at this music like they're absolutely possessed um so you know looking back to where we say like we want to be alive on the stage and like making it up as we like on that in that moment um you know they play without set lists so they have an element of that too which i think you know is probably only possible if you're a two-piece or like easier to do if you're a two-piece yeah, in that way. um because you've got kind of the melody and the um, like guitar playing whatever and the drums and, and those it's kind of got the rhythm and the melodic side and they're separated they're two components and they can just function in this way that yeah you can add a, a certain amount of humanity and energy and ideas so yeah the white stripes were were huge in kind of reinforcing my idea that a two piece is awesome yeah I think an, an, another bit for me is, is not just the uh, performance piece, it's also the, um, the kind of creative bit, the, the, the recording new songs, the studio part. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, with, with any sort of creative project, I think the less people you have um, inputting, the more weird and wacky you're able to go. So I find that when, when James and I make stuff, um, there's almost like a complete, um, there's like the, there's, there's an atmosphere of no bad ideas, which almost leads to some really weird and cool stuff. Um, and a, bit, a bit more mm. experimentation on our kind of studio um, recordings in our, in our album. So, mm. Yeah, for sure. That's a part that kind of, I think a big part of the band that, you know, is not, I suppose, presented because a lot of what we present is, Mm. in the practice room um you know playing like jamming our songs live but um yeah like we said that it originally grew from doing that first ep and then we went on to do an album walk to circus that is very different sounding from how we play it live because it's a lot of a lot of that experimentation and kind of Mm. in the moment is not with the guitar and drums in a practice room it's like at a laptop kind of scrolling through different sounds and layering and looping um so we kind of do take the same attitude. Um, and yeah, I totally agree. Like things like we happen quicker um, and we can kind of bounce like back and forth just between two people rather than four or like waiting for X person to arrive to do the recording session. It's just, you know, um, it makes everything a bit more streamlined and means we can move a bit more quickly. And um, so, yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a definitely a good point. Like a big part of it is the studio side um, and the kind of, I suppose is easier to align as like a joint. Um, I think a, a challenge in a band in general is like trying to get more than two people, three people, four people in this kind of like little joint yeah. marriage of wanting to do the same thing, the same music yeah. at the same time. Um, you know, there's, there's a reason why a lot of them have like limited, limited lifespans or like struggles i suppose it's like trying to keep a four-way relationship yeah. together um and when that's going well that's like a really really cool kind of bond i suppose that you have as those people like to all be passionate about music and all be making music that you're all passionate about that kind of comes alive when you all come together like um being in a band is like the coolest thing ever but um being in a two-piece band is like a mini version of that that feels even more focused um and like, yeah, you know, like you said, you can kind of go more niche as two people. I think mm. it's quite interesting. It's because it, you don't have to 
Like, is it almost like a likelihood thing? Like the odds of no, I, I, for me, it's um, four people that unite. Yeah, it's, it's less of an average, isn't it? So if you have to find the middle ground between four people, you're more likely to get towards the center of all music, which would be the sort of um, I don't know the more. <laughs> what is the center of all music? The center of all music to me is, I mean, okay, in the West, it would be whatever's sort of bland and charting at the moment um which is kind of what what, what you get having for for westerners in a band you kind of converge towards the center of western music <laughs> this is this this this, 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 this is a great theory um, <laughs> but if you've got two you're not you're, you're less likely to end up in the center because if you've got two people who like um i, I mean less or two people who like similar things and then you'll kind of make us make something that's similar to what you both like mm. yeah. I, just think, I just think as as, um, as, as a two people center, the center of all western music <laughs> as, as a... coordinate zero zero <laughs> on the music is it a sphere is it a circle oh who knows who knows what it is <laughs> but you, we we've got more um, liberty to kind of have our own creative input, and and it, it kind of because there's less of us, it's close to that true creative vision, I guess, um, that that both of us have. Yeah. So TP's bands are yeah, awesome. They're the best. <laughs> So to sum up, we have been shedding members as we've been getting older. <laughs> we like the space, the clarity. We like to be able to jam and not have to agree with other people mm. on anything. And in the studio, it means we can scroll through synths faster and venture away from the dead centre of the circle of Western music. Exactly. That's it. Is there anything else you want to say on two-piece bands or in general? No.